Hello, welcome to Random Access Memories. This week I'm joined by one of my co-hosts from Simply Syndicated Gaming News, Mr. Mike Carson. Hello, sir. Hello. So, we we talk about games every week, but now it's time <laughs> to dig a little deeper. Yeah, um, this is all about me. Exactly. So, which, you know, is something I'm totally not comfortable with. Really? Very. Sh- I'm very shy okay. by nature. Well, <laughs> luckily this is just your video gaming history, so you won't have to reveal anything too upsetting I but i th- can if i want to uh, uh, well that's it you know i have to say this isn't therapy this is just you know that's a different thing okay although on air therapy that's that might be an interesting podcast mm. slightly unethical maybe slightly unethical I, yeah but I, I could go a bit jeremy kyle but you know yeah anyway so right we start off by asking you how old you are and where you grew up roughly well this uh, something i uh realized just a few days ago is i've actually been giving the wrong age for the past six or so months (laughs) i uh, yeah i thought for pretty much all of 2017 i thought i was 27 turns out i'm 28 right okay is that was that just a miscalculation on your part or i don't i don't know how it happened i don't know how it happened whether it was wishful thinking um or something but yeah i basically i i was born in 89 so the the shorthand has always been that i'm whatever the year is whatever the year ends with i'm a year older than that so 2016 i was 27 yeah 2017 i'm 28 so uh, I, you know, I tried to get people, I tried to convince people whenever I realized this, I did try to convince them to throw me another birthday party. It seemed only right, <laughs> but they didn't go for it. So, Fair enough. Uh, so yes, I, uh, I'm 20, I'm 28. I'll be 29 in a couple of weeks, couple months. Sorry. But so you, you, uh, were, I, you were born in 89. That is. The, I was born in 89. Yeah. I should really just ask people what year they were born. <laughs> yeah. That, right, well, yeah, it would have helped me, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, in my head, I want to be one of those clever people that go, oh, so you you were born in 1989 then. I just worked that out instantly from you telling me your age. And the fact yeah. is, I'm not that clever. So I should just ask people their birth year. Yeah. Same here. My uh, my sister was born in 2000. Uh, that means that whatever the year ends with the last two digits, that's her age. I constantly have to ask her what age she is. It's 2017. She's 17 this year. I... You know, don't yeah. know that. That's a piece of information that is just, you know, comes and goes. I couldn't tell you how old my sister is right now either. She's either four or five years younger than me. I, I thought you were going to say she's either four years older or younger than me. That would have been... No, she's definitely younger. Definitely. Okay. I think it, right now it's four because she was born in October. So between October and January, it's only like four years. But for most of the year, it's five years, which still doesn't mean I know how old she is. Let's yeah. start with your gaming history. Do you remember the well, first ever game you played? I do. I do. Uh, it was Alex Kidd in Miracle World. And uh, that was on the Sega uh, Master System 2 which was my first ever console. I don't think I'd ever played a video game before that. Uh, and that would have been like in 90, probably around 94, uh, I, I got that. Right. So uh, I would have been about 
five ish around then. Maybe it maybe it might have been ninety three. Might have been ninety three, but yeah, that was a Christmas present from my mom. So was uh, that completely- sorry, was that something you specifically asked for or was it just here's a nope. video game thing? That's exactly what I was about to say. I did not ask for it. That was a random Christmas present. Just came out of nowhere. I hadn't uh, requested it at all. I my Christmas presents were always uh, like toys, you know. Uh, I'd never thought of that. So, and that's why I th- I'm pretty sure that uh, I hadn't played a game beforehand before that. Yeah, because I hadn't asked for one then. So, uh, yeah, it was a, a Master System too. Uh, with an Alex kid in Miracle World was the built-in game in it that was system. Indeed. It was, uh, and it was the bread bin design. It had the little uh, like flap that you could uh, roll back to protect the cartridge slot when you didn't have a game in it because it had a built-in game. You might not have a game in it. Absolutely. I I always thought that was it was a better design, but I feel more nostalgic for the what we think is the original design because yeah. it looks like a model for a building in the background of blade runner <laughs> it does the original design does that's uh, what it reminds me of you're right the uh, that sort of angular uh trapezoid type look in fact it wouldn't uh, surprise me if you just watch blade runner hard enough and scan sure every bla- building in the background there's a master system in there uh, that would be a great because th- it would it would be thematic as well because they have the Atari logo plastered all over the place so it would make sense to have another bygone console <laughs> manufacturer absolutely in there. so let's pick yeah. someone else that wouldn't have made it to this time ah Sega exactly. consoles can we get a Nokia phone on there go on yeah. oh, and BlackBerry awesome and Ouya oh the Ouya yeah <laughs> but yeah no the mine was the uh, the Brad Ben design and it has I think to this day the most uncomfortable controller that I've ever held uh, it, I, I think it's actually worse than the the NES controller which it's basically a clone of but well, somehow the, the corners are sharper and it has a shitty d-pad let's be honest oh a terrible d-pad terrible it, d-pad it, it's really awful um yeah. and you're right they, they were just boxes mm-hmm. like more so than ever now it, it was i still find it quite odd that even for ergonomics the fir- was not a thing yeah like even for the first one they didn't think oh but this feels shit <laughs> no you know i can understand them not making something with 92 buttons on it and all triggers and everything but they didn't think maybe just rounded corners yeah exactly it's bizarre <laughs> and in fact that took them quite some time i think oh, i no. think they were fo- i think they, they, they were so tunnel vision on at that time because arcades were still a big thing all the tech was in buttons and switches and that's where they got tunnel vision was uh, it was all about button and switch tech they had no concept of well we should actually make this fit the human hand yeah it just didn't come to them very odd and yet joysticks at the time weren't that bad so Mm. i mean just i'm as i said i brought the wikipedia page of console generations and just looking at the just the pictures that they've got of the other consoles of the third gen all their joysticks are sort of hand shaped a little bit more Mm. you know the the Atari seventy eight hundred with its horrific controls and all of that still clearly that's been designed with the thought of a person with a hand will hold this yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah Sega not so much no Sega and Nintendo and uh, you know they yeah. and then they both sort of fixed that on their next 
their next revisions. So what were some of your favorite? Uh, I had very few games on it. Very few. I, I spent a lot of time with Alex Kid, And I think I got Shinobi. One of the early Shinobi games. Um, and I sucked at both of them. You know, I, I was not one of these uh, video game prodigies. I was terrible at them. I just loved playing them for some reason. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of... Uh, mostly single player as well. Um, yeah. But not many... You know, because games back then were, you know, bloody expensive. Especially in the UK. Oh, uh, absolutely. You, know, you, you were talking like 60 quid. Uh, which, you know, that's in like 1993 money, which is like a million pounds nowadays. It, God, it really is as well. <laughs> it really is. Um, and I, I think that, God, even even if it hadn't been uh, right, if it was 60 pounds being, if, Richard, come on. Right. If games in, 19, yes, in games, if games in 1989 cost the equivalent then of what they cost now, you still were up against the fact that because you're a child, you don't have that <laughs> whatever it is. It's your job is to convince an adult that you need that thing. Exactly. And I, I honestly think that kids who persuade their their parents now that they need a game don't know they're fucking born compared to what <laughs> we went through when nobody had games. They weren't a thing. Yeah. So you didn't need one. And, yeah, it uh, was like it would have been like asking your parents for some exotic animal. It's like, what? What the fuck do you need that for? Exactly, that's not a thing. Yeah, it goes. And you'll in just this... get tired of it in an hour, and I'll have to bury it. Yeah. You know? Um, and so it, it, you just up against so much, and people didn't have vast game libraries. People had five or six games, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, and that 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 was the thing. I had like one or two games. Unfortunately, Alex Kid is uh, infinitely replayable because the end of level bosses are completely luck based. Really? I've, do you That's, know what? I've never played it. It's the one with the uh, the bosses are uh, rock pa- games of rock paper scissors. Oh, you have to guess what the computer is going to throw up. Oh, <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> sound good. It wasn't. <laughs> It was not. Apparently, there was some sort of pattern to it, but my, you know, four or five year old brain couldn't get hold of it. So whether or not I got on to level two was always a surprise. Well, I didn't know that about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This, in fact, there's uh, this year a uh, a guy put together a sort of ROM hack sequel to Alex Kidd in Miracle World. Alex Kid Miracle World 2 because there were sequels Alex Kid was like a series and he went through all these different worlds but they were never really that related each one was like its own individual thing so uh, this guy put together a ROM hack and he you know used what was there and added his own stuff he added new systems and vehicles and of course all new levels and enemies uh, and of course the one thing he made sure to leave out was the fucking rock, paper, scissors boss Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that one of these got redone recently? No, no, you're, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that was Wonder Boy that got redone recently. (laughs) Right, yeah. Uh, That was Wonder Boy that got, like, a big uh, special, uh, completely redrawn uh, new soundtrack. Right. You know, you can switch between the old, and I never played that Wonder Boy. I don't even know what system that was for. No, I don't either. Um, it looks nice. 
It does. Uh, mm-hmm. God, they banged out these Alex Kid games. They I had did. no idea. I mean, from, Alex Kid in Miracle World was 86. Then Alex Kid The Lost Stars also 86. Then mm-hmm. Alex Kid BMX Trial was 87. Alex Kid High Tech World was also 87. Uh, Alex Kid in the Enchanted Castle was 89. And then Alex Kid in Shinobi World, which I hear the <laughs> most about, was 1990. And this was they that was supposed to be like Sega's Mario. Yeah, it was before Sonic came along in the early nineties that he was Sega's uh, attempt at a mascot, and their attempt at a mascot. Like I say, all these games were like different teams designed them, and they were all very different. So they were basically just. I, I have a feeling that they just made these games, and whenever Sega saw someone was making a good game for the system, they were like, put Alex Kidd in it. Yeah. Put him on the box. Uh, and that led to him being the built-in game for the Master System 2. The bread bin. <laughs> I, I, I still like love that, that design. Yeah, I like that they went with a built-in game, because I can't really think of another console that's had one. Nintendo well, certainly uh, never did it. No, uh, Sega very much did that. Uh, the Master System 2 had built-in games in it again it was, it was uh, sonic and i know that because that was the next system i got a few years later and i think i actually asked for that one i think <laughs> right the me- yeah. the mega drive yeah the mega drive model 2 the genesis for uh, those in the colonies now where where do you fall down on which design looks better the mega drive 2 or the original oh I don't. It's so hard to call it. It really. It, neither are bad. Neither, neither are bad. Are bad. They're, yeah. they're both yeah. fine. Yeah, I agree. Uh, mm, it's it's a hard one to call. I do like the buttons on the front of the. Uh, I think they were trying to make it look like it's uh, similar to how the the NES was redesigned in America to make it look less like a video game system and more like you know a piece of uh equipment you know hi-fi equipment or something i think they were going for the same thing with the the original mega drive design Uh, but it it did always remind me of that especially when they brought out the cd and it was the big thing that sat underneath it and made it kind of look like a bit of a mini stereo stacking system yeah yeah uh i don't know but at the same time the one that i had the the mega drive to it you know it's sleeker it's rounded it uh, it still looks like the same thing. If you put them side by side, you could tell, you know, these are the same uh, system. But yeah, it's so hard to call. But I, I love that thing. And the controller, I mean, <laughs> talk about a change. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, to say that... That, that one you so, could hold in your hand. Yeah, so these were like the curvy ones. Yeah. Yeah, little sort of uh, prongs coming down out of the, you know, beginning of modern controller design much better and for the mega drive 2 they added extra buttons as well yeah it had uh, three buttons and some pads later it went up to six because the mega drive relied a lot on porting uh sega's arcade games yeah which often had six you know arcade buttons on them so they they decided to bring that along well eventually you know two buttons were fine and then someone invented street fighter 2 and yeah. and then suddenly we needed eight thousand buttons <laughs> and i was stuck playing it on an amiga with one Ooh. 
Wow. <laughs> you can't imagine. I'm, I'm just impressed that they put Street Fighter on the Amiga. They did. And it's why I have no emotional attachment to that game from my childhood. Because <laughs> um, it's some people who owned SNESs and Genesis Psy and Mega Drive, they all got oh, Street Fighter 2. You had to have it. And I grew up in a world <laughs> of computers with Amigas with up, down, left, right, fire. And the idea of Street Fighter 2 was hideous on the Amiga. No I one I knew, no I one I knew played it. So simply. Yeah, yeah, no one cared. It was just not a part of my childhood. And I've I got it for the Switch when it came out. And it's it was a case of, <laughs> oh my God, you just press buttons and it... Oh, this That's is so much better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can see what it was all about now. That was it. Um, so I've been enjoying it properly now. So God bless Sega for putting the extra... On a Nintendo con, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you can make it look like Street Fighter 2 original as well. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. So it's all right. It was a cheapy one, mm. I think. Yeah. But uh, this was sort of around the era of uh, game rentals with the Mega Drive 2. You know, uh, our local... Uh, what what was your local rental place called when you were around that age? <sighs> oh, God. Do you know there were a few? Because really? there, there really were. Blockbuster didn't come to Doncaster till I was in my late teens. That was right. a really late thing. So we had sort of local things. So you got a lot of garages doing it. Right. Uh, but also, I think there was one called Clearview that had a few branches around. Right. And, Our uh, one was called Extra Vision. Right. With an X. Extra Vision. Uh, they were everywhere i don't know if they were a wider uk thing but they were in northern ireland they were everywhere right like multiple shops within the same you know uh bit of time there are in my childhood i could walk to three of them and it would take me less than 15 minutes oh god right yeah really uh, and they yeah they they started doing the it seemed to be mostly sega games they rented they didn't. You didn't see many Nintendo games on the shelves for rental. Right. Not that I remember at all. But uh, yeah, that sort of opened up my ability to play games a bit more. Right. Because the Genesis, the uh, sorry, my God, what's happening? The Mega Drive uh, Two. I don't know about the original model, but the the one that I had, the built-in game was Sonic. So that was a biggie. <laughs> oh yeah, that that yeah. Well, yeah, Sonic. that was the successful mascot. Uh, and that was the beginning of my... So, yeah, I was uh, very much entrenched in the uh, Sega side of things from that point on. I think I played I played Sonic 1 endlessly. Uh, I played sort of bits and pieces of the other games, mostly like over at friends' houses. Because in the UK, it felt... Well, at least, you know, I say the UK and Northern Ireland. Uh, you know, we're sort of UK but sort of not, but kind of. Yeah. Uh, it felt like everyone had a Sega console. Nintendo felt like the runners up in when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I I would be more expectant to see a Mega Drive yeah. than, a, than a SNES. But I knew like five or six kids who had Mega Drives and Master Systems. I knew like one who had a SNES. See, I didn't actually play on a SNES until I got to university. Because it, it was on everyone near me, we were all computers. Right, you R were rather, all. It, yeah, I went from yeah. the Amstrad to the Amiga. And so right. you just didn't 
see them. But the kids I remember that did have them, it was all about the Mega Drive. Mm-hmm. It just was. It was. <laughs> it really was a clear, clear it, victory. I think for the UK, yeah, for the, uh, Sega it, camp. It was just seen as far cooler. It was brighter and noisier with more flashing lights and rock yeah. music and explosions <laughs> and stuff like that. And I think it and was they weren't just... afla- afraid of sort of violence and you no. know more uh, bloody and uh, you know more action games. Yeah. Whereas you know Nintendo were very much by their own design the uh, the Disney. Yeah, they were. Um, yeah. And yet, strangely, now as I go back to look at those catalogs, I'm I'm more up for playing super nintendo games than i am for playing the mega I think drive they've aged better yeah i think they've aged better they, they've yeah, also think. done a good job of keeping particular characters and franchises and stuff relevant than mm-hmm. sega have i mean a mario game is a mario game um, a sonic game can be a fucking tragedy exactly <laughs> so you know yeah if, so that's why i was very uh i was i was into sonic like from an early, as soon as you know i started playing that i was like this is awesome i was massively into that character and uh it was around that time i started collecting uh something that yanks uh don't seem to know about that much sonic the comic sonic the comic yep by uh egmont uh publishing in the uk now sonic has had a comics series uh, in america for a long time it goes back a long ways and it's uh, it's run by Archie Comics, right? The same people who do Archie. Uh, yeah, they very much yeah. painted themselves into a corner there. They really did. But they gave uh, in in sort of the mid nineties, uh, Sega gave the, the the comic book license to the uh, Egmont, and basically said, "Here's the character. Here's the world. Go nuts." Make up your own shit. Make up, you know, you know, these are the games. You can look to these for, you know, inspiration, but make up whatever uh, storyline or, you know, uh, character traits and plot that you want. And they really did. They uh, they sort of saw it and they went their their own direction with it. They did their own versions of uh, the individual characters. Uh, they created the whole world and uh, created an entire, you know, mythos behind it. Uh, and I collected that for years. It was a, I think it was a fortnightly. Right. And they would also do sort of B stories based around other Sega games. Like they had a, they had a, a whole ongoing series about decap attack, which of, is a game of all where the games you, of all the games. <laughs> for some reason, the writing team fell in love with decap attack and said to Sega, can we, can we do a, a strip about the, yeah, fair enough. Go ahead. Do what you like, and it was genuinely brilliant. And I will—it's one of those things that I always, uh, when looking at what the direction that Sega then chose to take, sort of Sonic and the supporting characters uh, throughout, you know, the Sonic Adventure games, and when they started to become more story-oriented, I always look back at those uh, Sonic the Comic years. I actually have uh, a couple of years ago. I, I found a torrent of every issue and i downloaded it i haven't read through them (laughs) but when looking at like the storylines that sega and the sort of characterizations that sega have chosen uh nowadays seeing what this little comic book you know team operating in the uk came up with was so much better because they weren't like they weren't like trying to make it fit 
a demographic or, you know, they were looking at what was going on. So like Amy, Amy Rose, the little pink hedgehog, she's like, she's a little whiny wannabe princess who's in love with Sonic and wears a little dress and runs around chasing after him. And when these guys saw it, they were like, well, it's the mid nineties girl power is a thing. So their version of Amy didn't give a shit about Sonic. She ran around in a pair in a t-shirt and a pair of combat, uh, fatigues, very spice uh, girls, very spice girls, very yeah. spice girls. Uh, did her, you know, full, uh, combed her hair forward was sort of a cocky, you know, uh, does whatever she wants type, but you know, confidently flirty. Yeah. And she shoots shit with a, a, a crossbow. And the way they chose to go with it was the little mini skirt and the pounding after the main hero. It's a little sad. It's a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's the kind of thing Nintendo would never go with. They would never just say, yeah, here's the license. Do what you want. Yeah. God, no. But I don't know. You could argue that's why there's still Nintendo. Potentially. And- you know less sega stuff but then hey you know uh, did you get tempted by the sega 32x i don't think i ever heard of, i don't think i paid attention to the 32x the the one that uh, always seemed to be that i seemed to be aware of with the sega cd uh, yeah and i never really i i sort of even at that age i looked at the price of it and i was like why <laughs> why would you do this what benefit does this have it it was an odd thing these things have never done well no. uh, historically of course they didn't know that then they were mm-hmm. they were about to become the example of it i suppose it's um, funny because it seems like something that they were trying to sort of nick from from your camp because computers like you know the, the computer pc type computers had always had extra modules and expansion ports and stuff yeah. that you shove stuff into but um i don't think it i don't think it crossed whenever they tried to do that with the yeah and 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 to be honest even though we had those modules as options on on some things i they were never widespread or popular and and you'd certainly never sell an add-on that did as well as the machine it was adding on to uh you know so yeah and and the cd add-ons for the computers at the time were distressingly bad <laughs> i remember the, the the first time uh something cd based came out for the amstrad and the the amstrad was a, a computer that you would load games from cassettes and yeah. it, it's that modem noise it's that electronic garbled stuff that mm-hmm. gives you the 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 data and so on the cd all it was was audio tracks with that on yeah i yeah i remember uh the in the early days i think the first sort of cd player that i got uh on the you know the first time i got a a, a disc based game so this probably for me would have been actually would have been the pc era yeah. uh for me which started in the sort of uh i would have been around 98 or so for me uh yeah putting a, a game into a cd player and getting met with the sounds of data yeah, and so it was... I, I remember Codemasters did 101 games on a CD, get this CD. And it was it was just track after track of that, and it would take yeah. as long to load from the CD as it would from the cassette, because it's got to just I, play the audio. I imagine, 
I imagine it had a higher success rate, though. No idea. No one ever bought one. They, I don't <laughs> really? know who See, had See, because I would imagine, you know, cassettes are famous for, you know, Dolby hiss and, you know, background noise, whereas, uh, and degradation, whereas CDs, you know, they weren't the, the miracle storage system that everyone claimed that they were going to be. But, um, in fact, uh, many CDs sort of from that early initial era are, are showing considerable signs of rot. Yeah, yeah, they, they 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 haven't done as well as we were yeah. led to believe they would in you know, yeah. in the day. I actually yeah, but, got a, uh, in in a spate of buying used CDs a couple of years ago. I ended up with like what seems like an original release of Brothers in Arms by Dire Straits, and <laughs> you can tell that this is like a twenty five year old CD, and it's not Did long it smell? for this. It didn't noticeably smell though. No. Um, Sorry. Damn. If it smelled, I'd probably have got rid of it. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, th- I think you yeah. should have to say that on Amazon when you're selling stuff. Like, if it stinks. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Especially Does Amazon have an odor part of the description Sadly, page? no, but I think they clearly should have one as an option. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. anyway, you were, you were yeah. a fan of the Mega Drive. I was a Mega Drive fan, but uh, even I could see the, the writing on the wall. <laughs> Yes, you took a look at the Saturn and you said no. No, thank you. No, no, no. Um, I'm not, yeah. It became very clear that the sort of the next generation was going to be owned by either Sega or Nintendo. And I vouched for Nintendo. Uh, So in 90, was it 97? It came out over here. I think it was 96 everywhere else. And it came out here, yeah, March 1st, 1997. I got myself... I don't think it was a launch. I think it was a Christmas that year. I got an N64. Right. Um, yeah. Going back, the whole console wars thing, I never had an argument with any friend about which console was better. <laughs> they had what they had. I had what I had. Yeah. It was grand. I think, you know, the, the whole console war thing really was just a, it's, it's a weird instance of marketing becoming sort of perceived history. Yeah, I, I I feel like you might be right on that one. Though yeah. I don't remember our actual arguments over it. No. But again, no. The computers, like, so... I, games, I, yeah, you would you would argue, like, I prefer this game to that game, or I, you know, did this on this game, and you can't do that in this game. But, like, consoles? Who gives a shit? <laughs> the, do you know what's, what's just occurred to me, and I can't believe it's taken this long, is that the, the jealousy of what was going on with another console system didn't exist because you didn't know. Right. If mm. if today, if you bought a PS4, you can't help but being if you're interested in video games at all, you are gonna pick up what's going on on the Xbox One. Just, thanks to the internet. Yeah. yeah. Thanks to the internet. But if you were a Sega kid, at most you bought maybe a monthly Sega magazine. That was yeah. My exposure to sort of Sega propaganda was limited to Sonic the Comic, and they didn't really, you know do much about that their mascot was an anthropomorphic uh mega drive and they would occasionally talk about you know right. upcoming games but it was mostly you know we're sonic yeah here's sonic so we we got sega power magazine because we had right. a game gear and my dad liked it and he got the magazine and so as a kid mm-hmm. i knew that i wasn't getting to play mega drive games right because i got to read about them every month which is fun <laughs> Uh, Again, but, with me, that started a generation later. 
because with the Nintendo 64, I started buying a Nintendo official magazine. Right. Uh, and I started reading, you know, other magazines sort of of the time, you know, your Games Masters and, and the like. Yeah, the the more general stuff, uh, C, yeah. C plus VG and stuff like that. Yes, yes, exactly. I never referred to it as such. <laughs> so that's the first time I've ever heard it referred to as C plus VGN. It's what we call it. Computer, really? I, yeah, it was Computer I, and Video <laughs> Games magazine, so we called it C plus VG. We, we called it Computers and Video Games? Well, because that was its name. You're not unreasonable in what name. you did. <laughs> you know, I'm, just, I'm just telling you some history. I'm not, I'm not okay. passing judgment on it. You know? Fair enough. Uh, apparently, that was another thing you were ahead of me in, and was <laughs> shortening things. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so that's that's what we did. But yeah, so but I, as a kid, I didn't know what I was missing from the uh, SNES. Yeah, and I didn't know there was such a thing as the N sixty four until a, my co- uh, college housemate bought one. Hmm. Well, I remember. I, I I can't remember how I came about the decision, but. That was the thing. That was a console. I think the first... I'm not sure if I asked for the Mega Drive 2. I'm genuinely not sure if I asked for it. But I know that I asked for the N64 uh, right. as a Christmas present. And I got that with uh, that Christmas with uh, Mario Kart 64. An and awesome was, game. That was ours. I mean, if you... I You know, people always boast, like, I've played... I've spent, you know, so many hundred hours in Fallout... I spent so many hours in civilization. I'm pretty sure that if you were to somehow be able to quantify the amount of time I spent in Mario Kart 64, it would terrify you. I, and I think many people could say the same for themselves, think, to yes, be honest. Exactly. exactly. An actual 3D racing game. With 2D characters. Yeah. But like, <laughs> it, it, so it looked awesome. It, it was, was amazing. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was unbelievable. And I'd never played the original Mario Kart on the NES or SNES. Was that a SNES? I think that was a SNES game. Yeah, it was. Uh, had sort of quasi, same sort of quasi 3D graphics. Uh, but yeah, just ours put into that. And uh, that was the first time I was like hardcore into, you know, keeping up with what was going on with the consoles. And I, I do remember making the decision to go with the N64 as opposed to the PlayStation. Because the games did look better. They, they, they did. did. They the, just did. I I hated the PlayStation at the time. If you go back and look at any PlayStation game, any, you know, f- uh, properly 3D PlayStation game, the, the 3D models have this quality where they sort of don't seem solid. Like the wireframe seems to like uh, shift yep. whenever, you know, your perspective changes. Whereas... When you were playing an N64 game, everything felt like it was in place and, you know, it wasn't moving around you as you moved through it. That always made me feel slightly ill when I played PlayStation games. I, I'm, as you know, I recently bought one and I'm still <laughs> yeah. trying to find games for it that are really exciting and interesting and Mm. I'm sure they're out there, and I'm sure I'll probably get email now. But I, I will put. Mo- I haven't put enough thought into it or, or research. The genius or of the PlayStation yet, wasn't like the individual games, but it was rather their marketing it to a completely different uh, group of people. You know, they didn't market their thing to gamers. They marketed games as a thing that everyone could play, 
And, you know, that I think is one of, you know, Sony's biggest contributions to gaming is that they made it, uh, it they changed yeah. it from that thing we were talking about where, you know, parents being like, what do you want another computer game for? To, you know, sure, people play games. It's yeah. just a thing people do now. It's the same as renting, a, you know, going to the cinema or reading a book. It, it got a lot of mileage from also being a CD player, you know. Absolutely. That, so I, I mean, so even when I was at uni in 2000, 2001, and we, we you know, living in a, a shared student house, the original mm-hmm. PlayStation, Tristan's, was the CD player in the living room of the house. That Even then. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, and eventually the PS2 was our DVD player in the living room, that kind of thing. Uh, so, right. you know, Sony got a lot of yeah. mileage from doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what, so uh, the, the, the N- games were still super expensive though on the N64. I think that was another thing Sony did right was they were the first ones to sort of lower games to a more accessible price because mm-hmm. discs. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, that got you Final Fantasy as well. And, yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. And 64 games were still like up at the 60 quid mark, you know, um, but thankfully, again, due to uh, the rental market, I still managed to get quite a bit of play more than I thought I did. Like when I uh, recently got the Raspberry Pi uh, and I started going through, you know, the N64 games, I realized yeah. that I had actually played a lot more N64 games than I remembered playing. I think that era is just, it's so overshadowed by the big games that you played that you forget all the little ones. Yes, I see what you mean. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, it was, for me, I, I it's funny though, I missed out on a lot of the, like, I never played GoldenEye. Months never played of my GoldenEye. life lost to GoldenEye. I think I played it once and, you know, the whole idea of using the C-sticks to move, or was it the C-sticks to look around while the analog stick was to, to move? Yeah. I just, I felt that, and I instinctively felt, well, this is shit. It was not ideal, but it was it the was best not. we'd had at the time. That's that's the thing. It was... I guess I was just a more demanding player, because I, as soon as I was, like, having to think about where my hands should be, instead of, you know, just sort of feeling everything fall into place i was like well this is bullshit <laughs> i don't want to be thinking about this yeah oh it was such a good game because uh, i think though i got more, more mileage out of that because i was at uni at the time and mm. uh, of course because i didn't own an n64 it was a friend of mine's and there was always three other people to play goldeneye i think a lot of people didn't own an n64 but they did own an n64 control pad <laughs> To bring around yeah. to their mate's house, yeah. who did own one. Absolutely. I know yeah. people who just owned the control pad. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. uh, no one bought four. Fuck that. No. You want to play, you buy the, the thing. Yeah. Um, and mine was, sadly, the uh, boring black model. I didn't get one of the uh, awesome multicolored ones, which they did. I don't like the colored ones. I, I really don't. I, want, I just want to snip that that little audio clip out of context i don't uh, like the colored ones i don't, don't. yeah no yeah. uh the colored n64s i'm i'd like the black ones. i like them I, I do oh i like the black one but i love the uh the transparent ones the clear ones with you know a bit of color in them those are awesome i believe some of them are worth a fucking fortune now i'm 
probably yeah there's like i think it might be a green one or something that if you've got one of those it's worth thousands now because they did like limited events where you know you could win i think there are a few like individual colored units out there that are worth ridiculous amounts something like that and nintendo have always done that uh with quite a few things i've been looking at nintendo uh game boy advanced ds's not ds what sp there's (laughs) there's like a billion different versions of the same thing yeah well that was the that's this would have been 97 so that was the same year i got my uh first ever handheld ah right which was a game boy color and it was the transparent purple one right and that you know they called it game boy uh it to me it was the pokemon machine and that was it as it was for many people at the time (laughs) i i don't think i ever played any other game any game that wasn't part of the Pokemon franchise on my Game Boy ever from like the birth of the machine to the death of it so is this something that you've carried through now because you well only to a certain extent because I know you've not got a 3DS I don't yet I'm still uh, I'm still wavering on that right but the the Pokemon thing for people who it's big with it's fucking big it was I was part of I suppose I was maybe just young enough that it caught me. Uh, whereas you sort of potentially escaped the net. Uh, yeah. Cause yeah. as I remember the, they brought the cartoon series out here first, like before the game had been, uh, released here officially. So they had a massive, uh, built in market for that by the time the game's actually released. And I fell into it. Hook, line and sinker. I still remember, uh, my mom, I, I got it again. It was a Christmas present. Or it might have been a birthday present. And whenever, like, we're a family who we tell each other what we want for, you know, Christmas and birthdays. Yeah. And, you know, then that way there's no disappointment. There's no going back to the shop with a receipt. None of that shit. We just, you know, we know that we're all sorted. Uh, Yeah. So when it came to video games, my mom is something of a luddite when it comes to anything electronic. So it meant that I, not only did I tell her what I wanted, I had to go and get it. Ah, right. Okay. So I had to go down to one of the fucking multitude of gaming stores that were around in the sort of late nineties. Um, picking which store to go to was as much a chore as picking what you wanted to buy back in those days. Well, you'd have to traipse around all of them and see who was doing that particular game cheapest that day. Exactly. Exactly. Which is... GameSpot or or GameStop or Game or Virgin. God, Virgin Megastores. Or HMV or, you know, Curry's. Although Curry's weren't so so big into that, but they did do a few bits and pieces. They did. And and you see, I think you might be not quite old enough to remember the days of the all of the independent stores they used to be I, I, there weren't I, as many of those in belfast funny right. enough there really weren't as many in the little independent places it was mostly uh chains i i just remember that a sort of saturday morning trip into town with my mum and dad and my mum would go off and do mum things and dad <laughs> would take me and we'd go and look at video games and i remember that being like six or seven different stores <laughs> yeah yeah 
you know, all with pretty much the same stuff, but we just wanted to go and look at it and go, ah, yeah. And that's what, I don't know. We didn't get a game every Saturday, that's for sure. No. no. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what it used to be like. And it, it yeah. was a bit of a pain, but I think yeah. ultimately you'd buy out of magazines as well. There was a lot, a lot of mail order. Uh, we never did that. We never did mail order. My dad did it. And it, I just remember the frustration of it taking forever like the, uh, I, I don't know if this is uh maybe this is a uh an irish thing or uh, a catholic thing but the idea whenever we bought something uh my it is something i always learned from my granddad it's better to buy from a brick and mortar shop because then if it doesn't if it doesn't work you have someone to go back to and shout at yes i i agree with that that <laughs> they makes, can't hang that, up on you when you're there yes that's very true <laughs> I have uh, I have in frustration in telephone calls to call centers included the line don't make me come down there <laughs> and they've laughed because uh, they think you don't know where they are and then you go <laughs> yeah. I know where the NTL call center is it's in Leeds I drive past it every day uh, don't make me come down there and then they listen uh, also that was the day where don't make me come down there wouldn't be immediately met with an armed response <laughs> exactly that was I wouldn't say it now my generation has ruined everything <laughs> yeah oh well uh, but yeah so i uh, i went down and i got my uh my game boy color and my copy of pokemon red but then whenever we whenever i went home but mom it's a it's a piece of electronics i have to make sure that it works so that led to a weekend I was allowed to have my Game Boy color and my copy of pokemon for the weekend and this oh. was like in october that's sneaky. It's sneaky, but it it's also uh, somewhat uh, peric. It's it's it has a it has its downside. That once you've started playing it, giving it up, yeah. having to hand it back, and know that you're not going to get it for another two three months, that is painful. Well, uh, but an important life lesson for a young Mike there, I think. I learned nothing. <laughs> every year every year all the way through to the last console that was bought for me which was the xbox 360 i have to make sure that it works of course you do son yeah <laughs> and i think i think my mom genuinely enjoyed i mean she's a lovely woman i love her very much she's uh much uh yeah honestly personality wise we could not be more different she is a she is a pleasant human being right yeah i can see i can remember the darkness in her eyes whenever she took that thing th those things back <laughs> off <laughs> i know that she enjoyed it maybe and she's I, just thinking maybe this year he'll learn no he never learned he never learned and you know he prided himself on never learning wow but yeah so no i actually yeah the uh the first time that first weekend of playing pokemon i played it uh so much that uh, i think i played it you know basically without sleeping to the point where whenever the game boy suddenly in my hands died it took me a full half hour to realize that oh the batteries have run out i just thought it broke oh, first no. handheld didn't think about that yeah batteries so, run yeah. out yeah and uh the music the uh Pokemon music imprinted itself in my brain to the point where I was hearing it uh, when I wasn't playing. Like, genuinely, not like humming it along in my head. Like, I would hear it and I would be looking around. Did I leave my Game Boy on? It was an early version of, you know, thinking that you heard your phone vibrate. 
Yes. Am I still That's playing good. Pokemon? Oh no! Am I put it down? No, I'm not. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was uh, that was the Pokemon machine, and uh, I had plenty of uh, that spilled over into the the, the N64. Plenty of Pokemon games there. Uh, loved Pokemon Snap. Uh, Pokemon Stadium. Yeah, it was okay. They've just brought out a, a Switch version of that. Did they? Yeah. And I, I, I only found th- out recently. Uh, I found out recently because I was uh, watching a few videos about uh, N64 peripherals of the age because they had co- they had that for a few sort of uh, little plug-in things, uh, not just the expansion pack. Yeah, uh, which I can't remember. I think I owned. I think I owned. I can't remember what I owned it for, but I know that I owned it. I'm guessing Perfect Dark. That was the yep. one that again. No first-person shooters on the N64. Nope completely passed me by that, the n64 was very much the platformer machine it, it, for me. I, I remember it sort of they brought out the memory card expansion and it didn't really do all that well and not many things I, if any used it and then perfect dark came out which was a yeah. huge game that definitely used it and right. there was just a massive worldwide shortage of uh memory expansion. upgrades yeah because yeah. they kind of stopped making them and it's I, funny because I did own when you said that memory cards. I, I did actually own an N sixty four memory card. Yeah, uh, and that was for Tony Hawk Pro Skater because that was another series that started for me on the uh, the Nintendo and stayed with me through the next couple of generations. Uh, and it did require. I'm not sure if it was Pro Skater 1 or whether it was like 2 or 3, but one of them did require a memory card, and it was kind of ridiculous. I was like, this is why I have a console that uses cartridges. So it's got memory in it, but they didn't. Yeah, yeah they didn't do that for got, some reason. Yeah, you got actual memory cards. You did. But yeah, the, yeah, the memory expansion was in, in short supply, and I, I know this because I worked for a company at the time that sold a third-party one and was like one of the only people making something still. And then as this demand hit and everybody wanted our memory expansion, there was an earthquake in Turkey that destroyed the only factory worldwide that made the memory (laughs) that went into these memory things. That is fantastic. Like, yeah. And so perfect dark came out and it was seriously hampered by people just not being able to get the memory expansion. Um, it's like releasing. I think, I think I had it for uh, now that I think about it. Conquer, Conquer's Bad Fur Day, which I goddamn loved. It's kind of like if they brought out GTA Six, and it, you needed the connect now, <laughs> oh. and then everyone was suddenly yep. Yeah, but we threw them all. What? What do you mean? We? But I have to play this, and uh, ah, and then suddenly yeah. there's just a scramble for whichever connects remain in the world and price <laughs> skyrockets and that's that's what happened with with that you also got yeah. rumble packs the rumble pack was a big thing i remember buying the big box of lila wars with yep. the rumble pack uh, uh bundled alongside it and that was that was like a game changer it really was wasn't it yeah and um, it made me used it, it somehow it sort of got me used to the idea of heavy controllers like I like a, a heavy controller. If I if I pick up a controller and it's not heavy enough, I feel like oh, this is this feels like a toy. Oh God, yeah. No, I totally agree with yeah. you there. Totally. Uh, and it, yeah, it made me better. It made me especially better when I had to use that damn memory card because I meant I had to take out the Rumble Pack. Yeah, the they went these things went into the controller 
yeah so plugged into the back uh the sort of top back of the control and i'm i'm I, i'm sure that there are <coughs> like controllers which have fused with their rumble packs i'm very sure why are. would you take them off well in case you needed to save something that's the <laughs> yeah, fucker with yeah. it it's like there's exactly. one slot in there what do you want to do today yeah rumble or save not both <laughs> But yeah, that was one, of, and that was one of the other. Uh, that was the Pokemon Stadium. It came with the uh, the N64's uh, Game Boy Transfer Pack, which was a little thing. It, it plugged into the back of the thing, and it just had a little slot for a Game Boy game. And the only game, well, the, yeah, basically the only game that used it was Pokemon Stadium, okay. and that you could plug uh, your red, blue. Or yellow. I'm not. I don't think it. It didn't do uh, gold and silver. It was before then. Uh, you could plug that in, and that allowed you to transfer your Pokemon from the game into the N64 game and use them for battles. Ah, which was fine. But it also allowed you, if you had the game plugged in, you could uh, play the game on your TV. It allowed you to play red, blue, or yellow uh, on your, you know, your big CRT. And for years, I assumed that it was playing it from the transfer pack, but it wasn't because there wasn't that much bandwidth between oh, really? it. The, yeah. Basically, every copy of Pokemon Stadium had an emulator and a copy of red, blue, and yellow in there built into the cartridge. And wow, all it was doing, all it was doing when you put your game in was checking that you had a game so that, you know, it wasn't just pirating. Yeah. And it was transferring your save data. I had no idea. They did some crazy things with just putting shit into the cartridge yeah. uh, back in those. I mean, I think maybe a bit more in the, the Super NES days, but... Yeah, there were, like, custom chips and, you know, special, the Super FX chip <coughs> and all that kind of stuff. Um, Such a crazy thing. I didn't know that. Yeah. And there was never yeah. a, a Game Boy player for the N64. Uh, you I could, don't think there was. There, there I, was I, one for the Super NES, and there was a, this, a very expensive, very rare, very ex famous one for the GameCube. Uh, yes. But there was never one for the N64. I think there was something that they maybe did just that was given to journalists. So yes, they take screenshots. Yeah, that stuff. kind of thing. And maybe if you've got enough money on the right day on ebay maybe you can find one of these things but there was never one mass for produced the game, for the n64 yeah yeah no. uh yeah so that was my n64 days a lot of platformers a lot of uh, a huge amount of mario and banjo kazooie uh i didn't I, I never actually played banjo tooie i always meant to but i never i never actually played banjo tooie but yeah a lot of mario games uh a lot of friendships destroyed by mario party uh, mm -hmm. which I maintain to this day one of the worst games ever made and the worst series ever made. Uh, yeah, a lot of F-Zero, a much-missed franchise. Uh, what the fuck are Nintendo doing with F-Zero? I don't know, but I think they could stand to put one out on the Switch. They definitely could. I, I really <laughs> think they could stand that. The last one was on the GameCube. Yes. There was an so F-Zero GX, and that one cost a... It's like a 25-30 quid game, that now, still. Yeah, that was an amazing game. That was an amazing game. But, um, yeah, F-Zero, uh, that was it. I, like I say, when I, when I was looking through the Raspberry Pi, I was like, oh, I actually, I played that. I played some Blast Core, and I played some um, Mystical Ninja and all these games. But I never, you know, they were like weekend rentals. Yeah. 
Whereas, you know, the big games, I, I do remember, uh, <laughs> it's one of those points, you ever look back at a point in your life and you're like, ah, that was, that's a crucial moment. Oh, yeah. That, that, that foreshadows an awful lot of things. I remember being given the choice. Would you like to buy, we're going to get you this. Would you like a bicycle or Super Mario 64? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mario. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. is one of those moments in life, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I have a similar one involving a bike, but yeah. If only they knew what they were, what they were doing. <laughs> it's the worst two things to choose. It's yes. like fitness and outdoors or sitting and inside. Which yes. would you like, child? <laughs> well, since you're putting this responsibility in the hands of a nine-year-old yes <laughs> i'll choose to stay inside mother thank you thank you very much <laughs> uh, super mario 64 the very first 3d super mario game yep yep uh, i think the f well no i had played it i had played uh i actually had completed super mario world before uh on a friend's <laughs> nest uh or SNES, sorry. Uh, but yeah, Super Mario 64 was probably the, the first one that I owned. And uh, I goddamn loved it. Because unlike the, you know, it felt like suddenly everything was made. The console felt like it was made for that game. Yeah. It just worked and everything felt natural. And it's one of the rare things. Usually whenever, uh, you know, a franchise tries something new for the first time, it's a bit awkward. And a bit, you know, okay, I can see what you're trying to go for. Maybe the next one will be perfect. But no, Mario 64 was perfect out of the kit. It was the first time I played a console game that really made me jealous of not having a console. Ah, uh, right. Uh, it, it was beyond stuff I'd played on the PC at the time. You know, Because this was back in the era when, you know, the consoles were more powerful than the PC. Yeah. Um, it's weird. It's weird to think of it now, but yeah. We were just getting into 3D accelerator cards, voodoo effects, that kind just of thing. Just on the threshold. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the idea of this true 3D world running, running around with an analog stick mm -hmm. for the first time. Yeah. And that was incredible. It, it really yeah. blew me away. Um, and it, it, the price was prohibitive, though, to me. Uh, you know, and especially given the fact that I was a student as well at the time, so yeah. that I think that's what did it for me. Mind you, I'm looking at the I'm looking at N64 games on CEX right now, and it's not cheap now because cartridges, man. You know, well, they, yeah, they were much more limited in supply. An unboxed copy of Mario Kart 64 is thirty quid still. You know, it it's not. I do I, I do kick myself because yeah, we were the type. You know, the game came out of the box and the box went away. <laughs> you know, so no many space of these. For that. Yeah, they're they're all unboxed from this era unless you're paying through the fucking nose for them because yeah, yeah, they there are so many more Mega Drive boxes around. Yeah. You know, yeah. because they're made of plastic and you didn't throw exactly. them away. Mm -hmm. uh, but Nintendo and and uh, what is it? Game Boy Advance games are in the same state yeah. for the same reason. In fact, all Game yeah. Boy games, I think, at least the original originals came in those little clear plastic. Yeah, boxes. they did. Those were nice. But God, I could actually spend some serious money on some N sixty four games here. 
Yeah. I saw we were talking about uh, what was it? We were talking about what were we talking about? Uh, no, on the on the gaming news show. Uh, I can't remember what was the lead into this, but I remember seeing. Uh, yes, that's what we were talking about. I know what we were talking about now. We were talking about uh, Club Nintendo. All right. Now, yeah. Now, yeah. Now, now my Nintendo. But yeah, I remember seeing one of the rewards that you could redeem back in the day was these little like plastic sort of rubber uh, covers for the bottom of your N64 game cartridges. They covered up, you know, the contacts so that you could, uh, you know, you could have your your cartridges out sort of loose. Yeah. And they were still protected. I think I saw it on that uh, World of Nintendo video, you know, the guy with the 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 attic with everything nintendo's ever done <laughs> yeah and it, yeah that guy he had a bunch of them and i thought how come nobody was you could have made a fortune if you were selling them in game back yeah, in the day could. but they didn't frustrating <sighs> i, I so see that, that there's a good aftermarket in end labels of n64 cartridges as well now that would make sense yeah because you that when they're st- when they're stacked on the shelf you can't see what they yeah. are exactly um just for the record, the most expensive N64 game on CEX is StarCraft 64 Mint Condition, which is £600. Hmm. That was another franchise that I didn't, you know, another genre, sorry, that I didn't get into on uh, console because it didn't work really well, was the RTS games. I remember there was a Command & Conquer yeah. on the N64. Um, yeah, I, around I, that time, around like 98 uh was when i got my first pc yeah and that was sort of what that was used for was for the rts's and stuff oh, like that you know without a doubt those games were for pc yeah absolutely. I, I thought that then i think that now um yeah. and i sort of looked at this whenever i saw it come out on the n64 i was like why would you do that that's that is time you of developers that you have wasted that they could have been doing something that people were actually going to buy I, I've recently experienced this as I bought Syndicate Wars for uh, the PS1, and oh. it's unplayable. It's I'm just sure. absolutely sure it hideous. It's yeah. a game that should be played on a PC with a mouse, and that's yes, all to it, and not on your television with a joypad. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. that, that that was a bit of a mistake. I yeah. just saw it on Amazon. And thought, oh, Syndicate! I loved that game, and yeah, yeah. now it's it's crap. It's garbage mm-hmm. on the PS One. <sighs> yes. So that was, I suppose, that was the next stage. Was uh, around ninety eight. Another Christmas present. This one I was not expecting at all. Was the PC? Uh, d- d- did not see that coming. <laughs> uh, in fact, on Christmas morning, I walked down into the living room. I would have been, yeah, this would have been 98, so I would have been, I would have been nine, uh, just, just about to go on 10. And I walked into the living room and I don't know if it was because it was the morning and I was tired or whether I've just always been this oblivious, but there was a big sort of, uh, you know, full leather back chair sitting in the back of the living room and in the corner where previously there had been nothing. There was this big desk and computer looking thing under a sheet. You know, indisputably, no way you could mistake that for anything other than, you know, that era of computer. Yeah. And computer desk with, you know, the little slide out keyboard tray. 
And I remember walking down and looking, and my mum was, you know, beaming with excitement. And I was a good boy. I was raised properly. And I looked over into the corner and went, oh, a chair. Thanks, mum. <laughs> and she sort of looked at me, and she walked over and pulled the sheet off. And all of a sudden, there was a computer. And I, you know, I cannot remember. It was, um, it was one of those little workstation type computers it was uh didn't even have a cd drive i don't think no wait it did have a cd drive i, I stand corrected but it was horizontal you know it lay down and the monitor sat on top of it yeah it was like a school computer type thing uh, i don't know what was in it other than like i think a 20 gigabyte hard drive which was big for the time i remember uh learning later that was like a lot of storage well, it'd be yeah. megabyte, not gigabyte at the time. I don't know. It was quite a bit of storage G- in there. Gigabyte came in sort of, well, you were starting to see gigabyte drives exist. Really? Around sort of 96, 97-ish. Because right. I, I remember at that time having the debate with my dad whether we needed an 850 megabyte drive or whether we'd be just crazy and think we could fill a gigabyte's worth of data on a drive. You know, I, you may you may be correct. I, 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 I may be misremembering. It may have been... It may have been a uh, 200 megabyte drive. That, I'm that will have been considered More quite, realistic. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. But that that uh-huh. was the debate we had. And I just, because I remember the whole, like, as if yeah. a gigabyte, a whole, a mental, who needs yeah. a gigabyte? And <laughs> like, well, everybody, very quickly, yeah. uh, forget yeah. that, you know. Um, yeah, a TV show can take up a gigabyte. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that was also the first introduction. We, uh, we started with uh, the internet back then, AOL, dial up. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was some good stuff using sort of AOL's built-in browser, which had parental safety, which stood no chance. (laughs) I was a curious boy. Uh, But, you know, an awful lot of that time, you know, the old, the the, the good old Geosites days. Yeah. All that stuff, Lycos. uh, This was before Google was like the winner. Uh, You know, having, you know, when you opened up your browser, you couldn't just have... You couldn't just close your browser window and then open up a new one. No, every time you opened up a browser window, you had to dial back in. Well, that was AOL, though. That was AOL. <laughs> that, th- it was always hideous. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never had it. I can't remember. I think I have big I... memories of like the AOL. Uh, they had whenever you opened up because you were using their browser. Of course, you had all of their, you know, their built in browser. Uh, everything uh, they had rooms yeah, and mail uh, that's where mail. that's yeah. where the you've got mail thing comes from i don't from. think i ever used email in those early days i don't think i ever bothered with it it was uh, i sort of spent some time in the chat rooms just you know logging in fuck log out <laughs> yeah <laughs> that I, was <laughs> i i think at the age you were you kind of had no use for email no, I you didn't you know i i only use it for there work was nothing to now. sign up for there was nothing like that uh you know and yeah, so that became uh, the, the RPS, RTS machine, and terrible early days of Flash video games, elf bowling and the like. Uh, Shockwave, do you remember Shockwave? Oh, the, the yeah, 
I yes, worked Shockwave with Shockwave. Flash. It was. Did you? Yeah. Right now, then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Explain yourself. Right. It was horrible. It was I'm horrible. Sure. Uh, this this comes back from the days when browsers themselves didn't do anything, and anything that no. was remotely functional or interesting was was put in by way of a plugin. And yes. Macromedia the at the flash, time, macro, yeah, yeah. They, they made two that were remarkably similar in functionality. And I I really only worked with Shockwave once, and you sort of get into it. And it's like, but this is Flash. Like, no, this is Shockwave. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it, it does all the. Why do I need to do this one too when I, the, when Flash exists? Uh, and Shockwave died off shortly after that, and, yeah. and they went with just Flash, and then got bought by Adobe. Uh, but it was to to make stuff for it was unimaginably bad. Really? I, I cannot describe uh, it to you. It was impossible to learn, impossible to be taught. It it, it either worked or it didn't. It, it was the... Mo- <laughs> and even flashback in that is why I hate Flash, personally. <laughs> you, you would get... Yeah. You know, you, you'd get the book, the official Macromedia How to Work Flash book, and you'd sit down and you'd start the tutorial and by step three your thing won't do what their thing says it will (laughs) and there is nothing you can do about it the one game that always stays in my head from that time was uh, king of the hill paintball they had a little paintball game that was using the king of the hill characters and i'd seen a little king of the hill so i played this you know every so often and you would play a few levels and then they were like uh, they would be like, okay, now you need to subscribe to our service to keep playing. He's like, no, no, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with not doing that. I'll just go and load up some more Command and Conquer. They weren't as good as get, uh, getting our money offers in those days. They didn't take them long to uh, get good at it. Yeah. Yeah, they got better. See, um, I, I never really played Flash games. Just I think I, I did. A lot, of, uh, a lot of it wasn't games. It was like animations or little interactive cartoons. I remember uh, Joe Cartoon was one of the sites... They oh, did that, the uh, frog in a blender thing. We we have a we have a th- hang on hang on. I'm going. I'll be off mic for about thirty seconds. Hang on. Okay. <clears throat> I've never liked him. I'm back. And he's back. I'm back, and I brought this. I I look forward to hearing what you recorded while I was off. That, so. <laughs> I said nothing. Yeah. Oh God! Oh God! Oh, nostalgia. <laughs> there you go. This is Alison's. She had it when I met her. <laughs> is it a little voice box or a little, you know? It's a stuffed PGM? Superfly toy. Oh my God! It is a big plush one. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. I will make a photograph of it, the album art make for this photo. episode, and you squeeze yes, it. That fits, yeah. Yeah, it, you squeeze it and it... Uh, we're gone. Oh, it doesn't do it anymore. We heard the last two things from this. Oh, you killed it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, Joe Cartoon was one of the big ones. Shit, it really I, I isn't doing remember. it. I think I've just... I don't know. I didn't do anything to it. I'm going to put that down. <laughs> put it back. <laughs> I can tell you, Barkley spent his entire life looking at it high up on a shelf with a look of... <laughs> but it's a stuffed toy. It surely is mine. <laughs> awesome 
and never getting it because it was not yeah, his. I never had that. I had a, I had a few uh, South Park little uh, voice boxy thingies because that was the same, the same era was uh, when South Park started. Uh, and they did a bunch of, you know, that was the thing. It was a little thing, and you push the button, and it makes noise. We were amused by such things at the time. This, this we of course, led to uh, internet soundboards. Oh, so many soundboards. Well, we were just so amazed that you could click on a thing, and it would play Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, who told you you could eat my cookies? <laughs> uh, we would sit there and then, all of course, day. David, depending on your connection, it could take ages. It, it you would have to wait a considerable amount of time for the privilege. Yeah. Of, uh, of, of experiencing that and that was amazing uh, to us that was like magic in the early days of mp3 where you could download a, a horribly compressed version of a weird owl song <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> or even worse a horribly compressed version of a knockoff of a weird owl song <laughs> not sung by weird owl yeah napster those were the days uh, we, uh we, what was the first one i would have used? i don't think i used that back in those days, I think that was uh, the first time I used like the likes of Kazaa and LimeWire was when I got broadband. And that was after the turn of the millennium. Yeah, they really came into their own there. But yeah. I, you know, th- this was a me using LimeWire and Kazaa was a core part of Craig Bevan's university experience because... <laughs> I did it on dial-up, and you know, Oof. if if you want to talk about commitment to piracy and stealing shit online, yeah, down, download and Photoshop over yeah. download over. Holy shit, that's like seven hundred megs. Yeah, there were there were so many things where it was. That must have taken you like two weeks. There was all kinds. Of, yeah, you just leave shit running though. Yeah. And and the problem was is that it was dial-up, so that was the phone line of the house. So if you yeah, wanted to exactly. use the phone, you fucked. Yeah, my internet usage was uh, was limited to like a couple of hours in the evening after school. You know, because you did, that was the couple of hours mum would go without the phone, and then of course you would get up really early in the morning before mum was uh, was up to jump on because you know anyone who called that early, fuck them. Something just really hitting me. What a massive inconvenience that was. <laughs> yes, when you think about it, because this was pretty much there was well, there were, you know, for most people that would have been pre-mobile. Yeah, that's, pre-mobile phone. Yeah, we used still used the landlines, and yeah. it was just a case of no, I'm on the internet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that is still the best thing about broadband is it became a separate thing. Yeah, you know. And I remember they sold it on that. Like, you can be on the yeah. internet and use the phone. Like, fucking yes, there's two hell cables, no. one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, right then, to drag us back to video back gaming. Back to the yeah. video games. Okay. Uh, so, the N64 days, that was... Uh, what? Uh, let me go back to the list of thingies. Uh, yes, so that was my... N64 was the... Fifth generation. Fifth generation. So... I was pretty firmly entrenched as a Nintendo fan at that point. Uh-huh. And I was set on getting a GameCube. Uh-huh. And I was saving my pennies because we were... At, this was also the kind of thing. Whenever we got a new console, the old one went away. It got passed on to, you know, a family member or something like that. So we were always like a one-console family. Okay. So... I was biding my time waiting for the GameCube, which was due to be released in 
2001. And the PlayStation 2 came out in 2000. And I was like, nope. Nope. Sticking with the GameCube. New, you know, it looks like it's going to be great. It looks like it's going to be great. I can hold out. I can hold out until... Uh, when was it? Uh, GameCube. 2001? Yeah, I can hold. I can hold on. And Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. Oh, I can no. hold out until November 2001. I can hold out for November 2001. And then one day... I looked at a release date and I realized, oh, Nintendo uh, November 2001 is the North American release date. Yeah. It's coming over here, May 2002. Wow. And that day, I picked up my N64, <laughs> packed away all my games, marched them down to the, uh, the local game, and I got myself a PlayStation 2. Oh. Such good times. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to get my head around the idea that they did this. A six months. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. the Switch coming out, so May, June, July, August, September, October. So, we're talking about if they'd done this with the Switch, the, the Switch would have come out in Europe in October. Last month, yeah. And yet still have come out in Japan in I April. I think this was the last time that uh, Nintendo pulled this shit uh, because they certainly lost me over it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I went from an N64 to a PlayStation 2, and that was just... What? That was my first DVD player. I got a bunch of DVDs. The games were like half the price, and the trade-in market was unbelievable. <laughs> you could trade in a game and have to put like a fiver to getting a new one. That's not bad. So many games. So many games. All the Tony Hawks, all the wrestling games. Uh, the first, actually, no, I did not uh, put in any time with like first-person shooters, but there weren't many on the PlayStation Two in those early days. None of sort of of note. Not really. And I have looked. In we were in recent. We were months. into sort of the extreme sports era of video games. You know, a lot of skating games, a lot of uh, wrestling games, things like that. Uh, platformers, I think, were still around, but um, yeah. Tons of DVDs I bought. Uh, the first DVD I ever bought was uh, X-Men 1. So that And that was, you know, special features. Image quality was amazing. Mm. It was incredible. I had a brilliant six months with the PlayStation 2. Then my friend got a GameCube. And I went over to his house in May of 2002. <laughs> And I believe I saw him, I may be wrong here, I believe I saw him playing F-Zero GX. Ah. And the very next day, <laughs> I packed up my PlayStation 2, and I made probably the biggest mistake in my console career. I, I marched down to the game, I traded in, it must have been 10, 15 games, a bunch of uh, Spur controllers, a bunch of Spur fucking memory cards. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. I have a drawful. Yeah. The pain in the ass that was the PlayStation, the great PlayStation 2 memory card. Drut. And I traded all this amazing stuff in for a GameCube with a game and a controller. Shit. Yeah. Wow, that's not enough for all of that. No, it really wasn't. (laughs) And I had fun with the GameCube. It was, you know, the games were fine. I uh, couldn't play DVDs in it. 
there weren't nearly as many games, uh, so the trade-in market wasn't as good. But I, you know, I didn't complain about it. I played my games. You know, there were some great games on there. There was uh, the, you know, the first, uh, Mario Sunshine was amazing. F-Zero GX was fantastic. Uh, what else did we have? <laughs> I'm a big fan of Luigi's Mansion. I never played Luigi's Mansion, funny enough. Uh, Eternal Darkness. No, a lot of the a lot of the GameCube games I actually ended up missing out on, oddly. And that is because that December, I I I I swear to God, I never complained. I never mentioned my you know any regret. I don't think I admitted my regret in this decision to myself, let alone right. anyone else. Okay. Christmas two thousand and two. I opened up, I unpacked, a, opened up a, a present, and my mum had bought me a PlayStation 2. Bless her. I know. I don't know. I To this day, I do not know how she knew. That's amazing. It is kind of amazing. So that was the first time we ever owned two consoles at once, uh, the, the, uh, the GameCube and the PlayStation 2. So immediately, I was back on the DVD. You know, so the GameCube got played less, but the games that were out for it were amazing. It has a really good library of games. Um, but not a huge library of games, which was sort of... Yeah, um, and they are still very expensive, as you've heard me moan about numerous times on gaming news. Yes. They, they still cost a fucking fortune. Uh, yeah. Although Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door is back down to £55, so... Wow. Amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. But yeah, so uh, I had a lot of fun with that. You know, the first time two... Uh, two consoles, uh, you know, last GameCube games, more PlayStation 2 games. Uh, but the GameCube games were better whenever one came out, which was nice. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and it also, it, it sort of started the trend of the Nintendo console being the periphery console. You had your main console that was for playing, you know, uh, loads of different games. And then you had the GameCube, which was sort of a uh, prestige thing. <laughs> It really you know, was a little like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. It I, really was. And I, I don't know really why it became like that, because there's plenty of third-party stuff for the GameCube. It's not like it was, you know, totally dry. It, it's not the Wii U. I think they. Made, it was because they decided, Nintendo decided, yeah, we're going to go with discs at last, and then they decided, yeah, we're going to use our own discs. They're little mini-discs. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That was like... Why do you do this? Because it allows our console to be a little tiny thing. Why? Well, because so you can take we're it Nintendo. Places. Yeah. <laughs> never did that. I never did that. Nobody. I never saw anyone carrying around a GameCube. No, neither did I. Um, it was Which is of- ironic, considering I did, personally, and I witnessed several other friends carrying around their Xboxes. Well, yeah, that was my console of choice at the time. And my first that, console. Yeah. After I played Halo, I got myself an Xbox. Yeah, so that was the first, the first generation where I had all the consoles. I, I had access to two of them. We didn't have a GameCube in the house, but again, student house. So it was my yeah. Xbox and Tristan's PS2. Um, you know, I owned PS2 games for someone else's console. That's a bit weird. <laughs> I don't know what happened to them and why I don't still have them, but I did. I played. That's, that, that has actually happened. I technically own two Wii games. I never owned a Wii. Very odd, isn't it? <laughs> it's very um, weird. But yeah, I played because G- I saw GTA 3 
And it was like, oh, I have to play this. This is just no question. Yeah. I'm playing this. So you yeah. have oh, a PS2. GTA games back. At, oh, yeah. such good times. Just that. And then Vice City came out. And that was fantastic. I, rem- right. and, I remember. Know. It's funny. It's funny the little memories that you form. But uh, I remember getting uh, Vice City. And it was a, a red hot summer day when we got that. It was, uh, you know, which means, you know, Northern Ireland. It could have been in the middle of winter. Yeah, uh, we have weird weather patterns, but we lived at the time we lived in the top uh, floor of a multi-story flat and it was incredible. We were like, uh, one, two, three, four, five, about six floors up. And my window had this amazing view of like all of Belfast, uh, which doesn't sound like much, but it, it did actually somehow manage to look nice. Uh, and I remember getting GTA uh, Vice City and loading it up on my on my uh, PlayStation 2. And my curtains at the time were, my TV was right in front of the window. Yeah. And it was angled towards the window. And the window was massive, took up the whole thing of the room. So my room was just being flooded with direct sunlight. And the TV was unwatchable. And my curtains were really thin and didn't block out any light. So I remember my... The first stage of my uh, how to play GTA Five was to find a cardboard box <laughs> and, and open it up and tape it to my window to create a, a little viewing port, a little window of shadow on the TV that every half hour or an hour I would have to take it off and move it a little bit over to the side to continue playing. Oh, you poor thing. That was my experience. It's a fun memory. <laughs> it's a fun memory. Yeah. Oh, very uh, clever though very clever yeah. and I got you know again uh, m- even more credit to mum uh, I was well more credit to me I was able to talk her into letting me buy you know 15 and 18 really games at an early age yeah I, we I, that was never a problem for me um, I was I was I was a young I was an early bloomer so I always uh, I was always able to to buy the games at, 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 actually my friend had me return his copy of uh, Vice City which was a stupid fucking decision. I don't know why he ever did it, but he had to have me go into the store to do it for him because he didn't look old enough. Right. And they wouldn't have taken it off him. Yeah, uh, I, I've never, never had it. I think by the time all of that came in, I was 18 anyway. And really, for a long time, there was nothing that, you know, I don't ever remember being stopped playing a game as a kid, as a child. Because there mm-hmm. just there just wasn't. I mean, how much was Chucky Egg gonna fuck you up? It, it just <laughs> it wasn't an issue. It was yeah. a non-issue. There was no GTA, and by the time it came out, I was a student, so I was I think, you, know, you know destroying the, my brain in other ways. It's funny. I think the hardest time I had talking my mum into letting me buy a game was the original top-down Grand Theft Auto on the PC. And, you know, I had I sort of had to show her, like, look, it's cartoony. I'm running, you know, I, you run people over, but it's not. But, and, you know, I managed to talk her into that. And I think that was after I talked her into that one. Like, it's just GTA 3. You know, you've seen me play GTA 1. It's no different than that. And she was like, all right, fair enough. Yeah. I never let her, I never let her watch me play GTA 3. <laughs> Such a good game. <laughs> And it was just forever until it came out on the Xbox. Um, yeah, eventually they did get a, an Xbox release. I think they got slightly upgraded graphics. Oh, it looked so uh, much better. Yeah. I, I've still got my original uh, version of it. It's the Grand Theft Auto Double Pack. 
and yeah. it had GTA 3 and Vice City in it, and they both looked so much better than the PlayStation version. Mm. Um, I think I've actually bought the PS2 version just for nostalgic reasons. <laughs> uh, yeah, good times. Good times. Really well. Yeah, first generation of the, and that was, uh, like I say, I had a, I got an Xbox, and that was purely for uh, the Halo experience. Which was fantastic because uh, a bunch of my friends had Halo in school, and it was uh, this led to the first ever LAN party that I went to. Wow! We all those of us you know we brought. To, I was one of the uh, ones who decided to bring their Xbox and their controllers, and this one rich kid who had a massive you know. Massive living room. Uh, I believe his house. I'm not going to give the address, obviously. But yeah, his house, whenever we were ordering pizza that night, he was able to give his address as the street name Manor. Oh, okay. I know. It wasn't a manor. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like stately way in manor, but that was like his. I was like, what? what's the number of this place? And he was like, I, I don't know. Just say manor. They'll uh, find they, it. Or, they'll find it. Uh, I was like, okay. Fine, whatever. Uh, he had a piano in the living room. We weren't allowed to leave our drinks on it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we dragged uh, our... We had four Xboxes, original Xboxes, uh, and four TVs. And we... Th- just the complete disaster of wires connecting all of these things together. And we got it working. And we had, you know, 16-player Halo 1 multiplayer matches. It was amazing. Wow. And we would do this every few months, and then Halo 2 came out, and we, we did it with Halo 2. It was incredible. I have never been to a LAN party. That was That's my sole experience, and it was an Xbox LAN party. Do they still happen at all, or is it just pointless now? I don't now? know. It must I, be pointless I, I, I now. I do not know. I'm, you know, people meet up, but, like, I don't know. Maybe there's some of- Switch stuff going off, because that's all wireless anyway, or something. I don't know. I don't know. I only know I three know. people with a Switch anyway. Yeah. But yeah, no, we... Yeah, and hauling a friggin' Xbox around, that was no small task. No, no, it really isn't. They are huge. It really, it really wasn't, yeah. I, had to wrap it in a, I wrapped it in a, a towel and then put it in a duffel bag and loaded in sort of the controllers, which were equally massive beside it. And uh, yeah, it, yeah, you could not... I was lucky that I had someone to drop me off at the house because you could not walk far with that thing. I have a uh, flight case for it that I got back in the day. And it looks like, well, I I think if I carried that case through an airport, I'd be shot in the head by security. (laughs) Nice. That's that's what it looks like. So, you know. Once they saw your passport was Richard Smith. Oh, really? Okay. Really? What's your real name? I had all three. It was a a big multi-platform party. But I think the PlayStation got the most use. The PlayStation 2. I, I do enjoy that the PlayStation That was a good generation. 2. Yeah, it really was. It was a great generation. It, it's my favorite of all the generations. Pretty much, yeah. I still look back and I think that was great. There was nothing really disappointing. The only the only reason I, ha- I suffered any disappointment in that generation was that I traded in a PlayStation 2 for a GameCube. But really uh, only that, for a that, few months. That was months. on me. Yeah, only yeah. for a few months. Yeah. So, uh, but it was good. So I and the the switch from generation six to seven, 
I I that I actually have a question that I want to ask of game developers. Okay. Uh, which is apart from the fact that they added the ability to uh, download game updates what happened between generation six and seven that made it impossible to release a game that works uh, it was it was it was that <laughs> it was the game updates i genuinely believe that's what did it because once they were allowed to do that once that was something they could do that became justification for well we don't have to make sure it works when we ship it yeah i, I think that's pretty much it isn't it yeah, because uh, that's what we lost between Generation Six and Seven, and it's the thing I I miss the most. It feels I think I mentioned this on the gaming news show. It feels like we lost it sort of around two thousand seven to two thousand and eight. Like once the Xbox three hundred and sixty had been out for a few years, was when things started to slip. And broadband got quicker, and people yeah. stopped complaining about the size of updates unless they were really obscene. <laughs> see lego dimensions whatever yeah and and so they started being able to do that and then ubisoft never released a working game ever again <laughs> they merely yeah. released games that worked eventually and yes, soon one day accurate. will just not work at all mm-hmm. as you are, won't be able to download the updates for them so mm. it makes me sad yeah i always feel the need to bang on about it because yeah. i'm sad about it yeah but yeah yeah well my first well i think everyone's probably first entry was the first one out of the gate which was the 360 yeah i think so the ps3 did not really well actually how well did it do before i say something stupid it did not do very well 80 million it says on wikipedia the winner was the wii because again that, yeah the Wii was when they, they were playing that they were playing their own game <laughs> they were <laughs> i i think yeah. that was when they cemented themselves as the periphery console the yeah you know it's where the when we started saying things like Wii 60 and stuff <laughs> like that you know yeah and Wii s3 because you'd get one of the big ones and a Wii. yeah and if you were like me, you played it for 10 minutes and then you put it back in its box and you put it away until many years later when you get it out of its box and realize, shit, it was actually pretty good. They just didn't tell anyone. Yeah. Well, that's the seventh generation was um, it was an interesting one because it was the first time I really think I was a uh, I had broken up because of the sixth gen. I owned all three of them. I was privy to their various pros and cons. So. You know, I had never been, you know, partisan before that. And after that, I was definitely like, okay, you need to take into account each thing's, you know, uh, pluses and minuses. Yeah. Uh, So I had, I actually remember, I, again, this was the last console that was bought for me was my Xbox 360. That was a Christmas present. And again, this was 2005. So this was... Uh, what? This would have been the, the seven years after the Game Boy. But mom, I need to make sure that it works. <laughs> so yeah, a weekend of Project Gotham Racing Three and uh, Perfect Dark Zero, which uh, yeah, even then I was disappointed. I played a lot more Project Gotham than Perfect Dark, uh, and then it had to go away. I still, again, another one of those little memories was I had to, I pre-ordered the 360 and I had to go to GameStop to pick it up. Yeah. 
and I got it, and I got a you know a couple games with it, uh, like Project Gotham and Perfect Dark, and I was carrying it home. It was just me by myself, and GameStop's bags, they didn't do plastic bags like all those other shops. They did paper bags, like thick paper, not as thick as like cardboard, not as thick as like cereal cardboard, but paper, and the the bag handles were like threads. I don't know if you remember this I at all. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, big white bags. And when I was carrying it home, I had to go and get, uh, get a, a taxi, or a bus, sorry. I had to go and get a bus. And it was raining. Can you guess what happens? I can guess. When paper meets water. <laughs> There's me walking down the street with this day of release, hottest new thing console, walking towards, walking to get the bus, and the fucking bag rips open and spills the console and the games and everything. And the, it wasn't like a tiny tear. The fucking bag ripped in half and just spilled everything out onto the onto the uh, the middle of the fucking high street. And there, I sort of looked down and I was just I was stuck because it was a big you know it was a bunch of boxes and it was the days of blister packs. I think I bought a spur controller, so nothing would sit right. I was trying yeah. to pile things up. And from nowhere, this fucking angel <laughs> comes out of a, uh, a nearby shop and rushes over to me and uh, hands me a bunch of plastic bags. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, I know. It was just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, kind stranger. Uh, yeah, so I was able to get that home without being, you know, accosted. That's wonderful. Much. Of course, yeah. now that they've come over and been like, and I need 5p for each of those. Come on. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. You know. That is but wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was uh, pretty much, I was heavily into the 360 uh, for most of that generation. <clears throat> uh, a lot of great games. I had to send the console away about three or four times to get it repaired, uh, which eventually led to me buying a slim model when it came out. I but think a I lot think, of us did, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I, I did the same thing. Shit. Yeah. But it definitely was. I, I think... The Xbox 360, you know, and the Wii were that generation. I can I can tell you the date. I did own a PlayStation 3. And I can tell you the date that I own that. I bought my PlayStation 3 on June 12, 2008. Because that was the day Metal Gear Solid 4 came out. Ah, uh, right. That was, that was it. That was what I bought on my PlayStation 3 for. Uh, I went and picked it up i think they had yeah they gave away they were giving away a free copy of uh, uncharted the first uncharted with it uh i traded that in <laughs> before i left the shop uh never played that and i played metal gear solid 4 right thoroughly enjoyed it thoroughly enjoyed it uh and then that console i didn't even own any blu-rays i never even bothered to buy blu-rays back then and that's another conversation it really is. That's another conversation we need to have. Uh, but yeah, no, the the PlayStation 4 was the Metal Gear Solid thing, and then it sat. It was the big Foreman Grill version, and it sat gathering dust until near the end of the seventh generation. I can tell you when my PlayStation 3 suddenly started getting a lot more use was when Microsoft initially announced the Xbox One. Well, yeah. <laughs> that sent up a big signal flare to abandon ship. 
um, it, it, it actually that's I, I was we were going to end up talking about this tomorrow actually because oh, we? um, <laughs> Hulu has just been released as an app on the Switch in, in right. the US and it's the first streaming app of any description and yeah, something for some reason Nintendo decided to flick out on Netflix and everything I don't know why well we no, hang on no not for some reason we don't know why we're, we're talking about it when now with Microsoft because Microsoft came out with the Xbox one and went look at all the streaming look at all the TV you can do and we sat there and went but we want a games console please yeah and Sony then came with the PS4 and went, look, games. And went, yeah. oh, right, yeah, games, well, the cool, big that's, thing, that's what we the want. The big thing you. that, you know, the, the two big things that Microsoft did, the one of which we remember, one of which sort of, uh, I think, gets uh, is forgotten about, the big one was Connect, which nobody was falling for. Yeah. They had brought it out for the, play, for the Xbox 360, so people were already, like, Bored what? With it. Yeah. They were, yeah, we, it, we, it had never really taken off on 360 and then they were like you know that thing you're ambivalent about well you're gonna need one for this new console and it's gonna mean that the console costs you an extra hundred bucks i i see their thinking right because <laughs> well with with the per it, with the the connect on the xbox 360 it was the add-on it was this the sega cd it was the yeah. 32x and that and so you're making games for a very very tiny portion of the the xbox 360 owner base and with the xbox one they went they wanted to, to really push it and say right everyone has got a connect it's in the fucking box it's not a peripheral thing anymore it is how this works and where they went wrong mm -hmm. is not eating the cost on that that and they also tried to pull the thing where uh, games could no longer be treated that they, was another thing. Do you remember that? That's yeah. the thing everyone forgets about that was actually like the big thing that made people go, hold on, what? Whenever you buy a game, it's tied to your account and you can't then sell it on. No, no, no. That's not only a bad idea. That's kind of illegal. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. <clears throat> yeah. So, so that was. Yeah, there is a PS4 under my television. Yeah, there was a, yeah, there was a PS4. There is no Xbox One, uh, and I I really don't think I I don't think I ever will own an Xbox One. I can't see it. I can't see a reason. I do you know I was tempted. Were right? you in in a sort of I don't want to get a One X because that's a lot for now. Maybe one day when they're really cheap. That mm. that's the thing. Now I'm now thinking. Well, I could get one in ten years and pay eighty quid for it. <laughs> I'll I can live with that. Yeah, you know, um, there's no reason to do it before then. But I don't know if I got another console because I'm trying to move our PS4 off the television because I think that prevents us playing it. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we both suffer from, and we've discussed this, Alison and I. We both suffer from guilt about taking the use of monopolizing the, yeah. the tv right okay and we both agree this is based on our own fears nothing that either one of us has ever said or done because neither one of us has a problem with the other one playing a game on yeah. the tv because it doesn't matter if i really desperately need to watch something on the television i have an ipad mm -hmm. you know and there's nothing coming on the tv that won't go on an ipad or no. I just play on my Switch or my 3D. I am not struggling for entertainment, and neither is no. Alison. So, but that barrier is still there. 
and I kind of want to get the PS4 onto a separate monitor in the right. corner of the room so it can just be treated as a games machine. And right. then, so obviously I need to replace that functionality under the TV, so I thought maybe, well, what about an Xbox One S? And I'm <laughs> let think I'm actually left thinking, well, I don't know, maybe PS4 Pro. Or maybe nothing. But, Maybe just well, an Apple see, TV. Here's the, well, uh, yeah, this isn't a concern. The only, the when you mention this, the only one reason I could ever see myself going for that for the the one S or sorry, yeah, the one, yeah, the one S or the one X, either one, over the PS4 Pro is the ridiculous decision on Sony's part to not have the uh, the play at PS4 Pro able to play 4k blu-rays the format that they own yeah that was a bit dumb on their part that was exceptionally that was sort of a what but i I said this before sony are a company that don't learn their own lessons no and Um, yeah (laughs) after getting the the ps1 into homes because it was a cd player the ps2 into homes because it was a dvd player and the ps3 into homes because it was a blu-ray player they yep. just thought oh that probably wasn't important like yeah. are you fucking kidding it was yeah. everybody's dvd player the entire purpose of the playstation 4 pro is to be a 4k media device you own 4k yeah. blu-ray and you can't play it microsoft can I mean, I don't even have a 4K TV yet. Me neither, and I don't see myself owning one for a considerable amount of time. I could, you know, you know I, do, I do not see myself upgrading because I don't see the need. I would rather get my, you know, like my, P, my PC games, I would rather have my games play at a higher frame rate than at a higher resolution right now. I mean, that's just where I am. So would I. So would I. Although I'm looking at 4K TVs, kind of, yeah. the time will come. Yeah. They'll get cheap. But yeah, the, uh, the seventh, well, while we're on this, the, uh, the seventh generation led to um, the second big mistake that I made in my console career. Do you remember HD DVD? Oh, yeah, 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 I do. Do you remember the, uh, the Xbox 360s? HD DVD add-on drive. Absolutely, I do. Yes. You remember that? You remember that? Yeah. Um, Get many of those um, then. In the end, <laughs> you you don't, so, you're not alone. <laughs> Is all I can. You're not alone. I mean, I didn't, but you're not alone. I. It was a Christmas present <laughs> well, that I asked for. See, that's not so bad then. Because oh, well, here's the thing. For. I asked for it, and I asked for it specifically because they were doing a deal at the time, and for some reason, this did not ring alarm bells for me, where if you bought the HD DVD add-on for the Xbox 360, you could uh, fill out a little form and receive five uh, HD DVDs from, I think it was Warner Brothers, for free. Oh, I remember that offer, yeah. I got that offer. Uh, I... Uh, looking back the only one of them i can remember is king kong the you know the peter jackson king kong and that year yeah i got that as a christmas present and then on my birthday which is in january so just after christmas i bought (laughs) 
I bought the season one box set, HD DVD box set of Heroes. Oh, it was a good first series. It was Everyone a good first series. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I remember. I didn't hate season two either. It was it was nah, season three that became a, a travesty. It cost the the box set cost seventy quid. Fucking hell! I know. I stood in line oh. in the HMV to buy that son of a bitch, and then not. This was uh, what year would this have been? I can't remember what year it was. But the HD DVD versus Blu-ray thing was on, was ongoing. You know, shelf space was split between the two. And I think about three months later, Sony announced that they had signed exclusivity deals with a whole bunch of studios. And I looked at that little drive and I knew that it was dead. Yeah. It, so, it, yeah. I... It's all, I don't think we'll ever see that again, you know. I don't think so either. Everything's digital now. Yeah. There's no more format wars as such. Things can yeah. just play stuff, but that that was quite a time. Yeah, it really was. So I am one of the few people who can say that they owned not just the HD DVD add-on, but a HD DVD. Yeah. Yeah. I see them in our local CEX from time to time, you know. Every so often I spot one out of the corner of my eye and I feel the shame and I turn away. I hide my face. They're still not as cheap as I'd want them to be to get them for some sort of novelty. No. No, they're not. Because they're, they're scarcity. There aren't many of them. They, you know. Well, yeah. They, they never they popped out that many. They didn't do well, did they? No, so. they didn't. They did not do well. So, yeah, uh, so in that generation, I owned that. And then um, I actually, not. it's only recently, fairly recently, that I've actually got, like, uh, a little collection of Blu-rays going on uh, that I actually watch with any regularity. And it's it's always tied to things that I, you know, that are, like, known for being visually stunning. I think I own about three Blu-rays right now. I'm looking at my shelf here. Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, I have the Tron box set. I have Hannibal. Uh, all three seasons of that. Uh, I have uh, Twin Peaks. Love me some Twin Peaks. And <laughs> oddly enough, uh, I have all the Futurama Blu-rays. Right. I have. Because yeah. I need my cartoons to be crisp. <laughs> well, you want that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that was an interesting, that was a big generation too. That was 2005 to 2017, really, you know, that, although, you know, call it seven years where it was really, really going on. It was huge. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of, do you know, I, it's why I kind of like that it went on that long. There was time to really yeah. settle into it and get used to stuff and it, and, and everything was pretty good. So yeah, I owned, in that generation, I owned everything except the Wii. My little sister got a Wii. And I've only played, I only played like a few games on it. Uh, like, I, I remember specifically why I owned a couple of games on it. And it was because I was doing, I, I was trading in a bunch of games for like Xbox 360. And I had like a fiver left over. Right. And I couldn't find anything that I wanted. So I looked, at they had like, Resident Evil 4 and No More Heroes for Wii 
for like a fiver pre-owned. I was like, all right, fair enough, I'll take those. And I ended up playing Resident Evil 4 and it was actually really bloody good. It's the, the most I've ever enjoyed Resident Evil game. There's some great stuff on the Wii. A massively yeah. overlooked console for, for what was available mm-hmm. to it. Because there was a lot of shit as well. Oh, there was there, a lot There of was shit. a pile of shovelware. Some of mm. which I still find very amusing. I mean, oh, absolutely. That's why I bought the Pippa, Fun- Pippa Funnel Horse Ranch game and other things like that. But, yeah, love love me some Wii. Really do. I am kind of wish I had more Nintendo stuff. <laughs> So, yeah. so Nintendo. So yeah, after that, uh, I was like firmly in the uh, the Microsoft camp. Pretty much all that generation, even with the hardware troubles, like the games were amazing. Yeah. So many great games. Uh, you know, Xbox Live was amazing, and they kept refreshing and up- updating. You know, the uh, the dashboard and what you could do with your Xbox 360. That was. I even owned the webcam for the Xbox 360 when I it came out. I didn't go as far as having the webcam. I did, because it was a little cheap accessory. And, uh, you know, you plugged it in, it was just a little USB webcam. I actually had it for, like, up until relatively recently, because as it was a Microsoft uh, peripheral, you could just plug it into a PC, and it worked natively. All right. Uh, Yeah, you could just dunk that in there. Um, So, yeah, I was pretty firmly in the Microsoft camp, and then... They announced the Xbox One, and I dug out the PlayStation 3 and started getting to know Sony a little bit better. And the only eighth generation console I own at the moment is the PlayStation 4, which, uh, again, I got uh, bought for myself, and I got that launch day. So that's been sitting there. It's been getting considerably less use as I have moved more onto PC gaming. Yeah. Uh, as I've sort of gotten into understanding, you know, I've gotten a, a bit more into, you know, uh, reading in, uh, reading up about, you know, how PCs work, you know, understanding how to build a PC and stuff like that. So that has been getting less and less play. I may get a Switch at some point. Really? I'm considering it. Yeah, I may. I'm, oh, I can definitely see myself owning a Switch. Do you want to know this, the, the, the problem with the Switch, though? Uh, for me, is that my sister wants one, too. Right. And you know, <laughs> I I I was an only child for a long time before you, you came on. <laughs> you don't want to share your switch, is what you say. I do you know what? They, See, it sounds bad when you say it. <laughs> well, here's the thing: I don't want to share my switch either, because I I live with someone who likes to play games. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm willing to share the PS2, uh, the PS4, sorry, that's fine. <laughs> um, I got her own 3DS because you don't share those. Yeah, you don't, no. no and no. I think whilst there might be functionality that technically allows one to do so, a Switch is not a sharing thing. I don't think so. I, I, think, I don't think they've made it to- very easy to do that, you know, multiple profiles type thing. Well, there are multiple profiles. That's in there, yeah. uh, but I I I would want my own switch. Yeah. So if I do get one, it may end up being a secret switch. Right. Yeah. They're actually cheaper now. The the neon and red and blue one is two hundred and sixty nine ninety nine on Amazon. I've seen that. Yeah. There, everything's going to be coming down now, especially coming up to uh, Black Friday. All right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 
And only 329 with Super Mario Odyssey, which is worth it because you're going to get Super Mario Odyssey. Otherwise, why are you buying a Switch? What's funniest about this, uh, I'm looking at this you know, list of home video game consoles by generation on Wikipedia. And the eighth generation, they still listed as the Wii U. The PlayStation 4 oh, and the Xbox they, One. They, I think there's and, somebody being quite belligerent about it, to be perfectly uh, honest. Yeah, the Switch is sort of uh, a, a footnote. The Switch was also released during this period, but has been referred to as a hybrid video game console. Yeah, it's not a so, proper one. So, yeah, mm. yeah it doesn't count. Yeah. yeah, I get having run into the arseholes that can sit behind a Wikipedia page before yeah yeah there uh, are some real trolls in there yeah uh, i i get the feeling that similar things are being said here because i would include the switch in this i would i would arguably put the switch in a ninth generation place yeah it, yeah it could, it could sit there uh, and i here's the interesting thing if you were to do that i would put i would consider i would say we are in the ninth generation or we're coming up to it i would put the playstation pro and the xbox one x as the ninth generation I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah, I don't. Think I would that's say you know I I don't I'm not in favor of letting Microsoft and Sony have their cake with this one. I want that to be known. No, this is the PlayStation Five and the Xbox Seven Twenty. I think if you were to ask someone at Sony and Microsoft what is your main gaming product going into Christmas 2017, you'd be told PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I th- I think and it's you know that would actually put the eighth generation as after coming after the, the seventh generation, which was one of the sh- one of the longest console generations. That puts the eighth as one of the shortest, as having lasted from like two thousand and twelve to two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, about that. Yeah. So it's we we live in weird times. I'm very glad to be a PC gamer at the moment. Oddly. It's it's good times for PC gaming right now. It's good times, yeah. If you can get a GPU because of the Bitcoin miners. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they're available. <laughs> well, that was a long journey, Mike. That was, yeah. But it was a lot of fun. Thank you for sharing. I'm happy to. I feel like I know you much better now, which is always good. <laughs> and thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that too. I know you do, because it's fun to just talk about this stuff for hours and hours, which we literally just did. Yep. So. My jaw hurts. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go and find food and other things like that. And uh, I hope you join me another time on Random Access Memories, while I'll be randomly talking to another person. I don't know who yet, but I'm thinking probably Emma at this point. It'd be weird if we leave it too long now, wouldn't it? It would be. I do miss Emma. I hope she doesn't listen to this, but I do miss her. I know, she's such fun to talk to. She is, yeah. I don't want her knowing that. I like to treat a mean <laughs> no. type thing. Yeah. No, but she yeah, knows. no, I do mess her on this. Yeah. Although I will warn her, this is not the uh, the Daft Punk karaoke show that I was expecting. Oh, is that what you were thinking it was? Yeah. I learned all the words to Around the World for this. Uh, are there more than three? No. No. <laughs> well done there, then. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>